Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in tonight. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, Matthew one twenty three says this, that Jesus would be known on the earth as Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, if Jesus came to be God to judge us, then there's a problem. Emmanuel would mean that Jesus came and we should be scared because he came as Emmanuel, that God's gonna be among us. And sometimes we have this idea that God came and he's angry and he's looking for ways and reasons to judge us. But you know that John actually paints a different picture of Emmanuel. Here's what John says. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world or condemn us, but instead to save the world through him. And so when we say this word, Emmanuel, God with us, you're not alone. It actually reminds us that God came to save us. He didn't want us to be alone in our brokenness and in our pain and in our sin and in our lostness. And so Emmanuel came to be with us. And so tonight is not a time of condemnation. It's a time of remembering and celebrating, uh, celebrating together as we take communion. Now, the Apostle Paul led the earliest followers of Jesus through communion, thankfully explaining to us not only what communion is, uh, but some other important truths that go along with it. And here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so Jesus first kind of compares his body, or he said, the the bread that you're about to take, it's my body. It's representative of body. And you know what the bread literally represents then? It's the justice of God. See, God couldn't just overlook the fact that we have sin and we have flaws. He had to pay the price for it somewhere. We couldn't be in his presence. We're unholy. He's holy. We couldn't be there. There had to be a reckoning, a redemption that took place. And so what the bread represents is the justice of God, that all of sin, that all of the pain, all of the flaws, it was all poured out on him at the cross. And so his body that was beaten for you and for I, it represents the justice of God. But then Paul goes on. He says, in the same way, he took a cup of wine after supper saying, this cup Uh, is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. And so he talks about this, this wine, this cup that they passed that night. And it was the fact that it was the blood of Jesus. He said, this is representative of my blood and it represents the seal of the new covenant between God and people. So the old covenant that people had lived under was based on the law. It was based on a relationship with God, but that relationship came only through obedience to a set of rules. That was basically how the relationship with God worked. And so this new covenant Jesus ushered in, he said, because my blood has been shed, because you couldn't keep the law anyway, you couldn't obey perfectly anyway, this blood is what actually has paved the way for you to have my spirit dwelling. This new covenant, this promise that Jesus made, not only did I come the first time, but I'm coming again for you. Actually, the blood seals that. So as we take that tonight, we're being reminded that Jesus, you shed your blood, and because you shed your blood, that's like that seal, that promise made in blood that Jesus is not only saving us, but he's coming back for us. Just like the Holy Spirit seals our hearts, this blood sealed that new covenant of grace. 
And here's what Paul concluded this little section with. He says, every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And you may think this is kind of strange to talk about on Christmas Eve, this time of celebrating when Jesus was born. But what we're going to do tonight is actually fast forward 33 years in the life of Jesus and talk about uh, his death. And Paul said, whenever you take this communion, 2,000 years later, we take this communion together, what we're actually announcing is that Jesus died for us. And it's an identification, an unashamed identification to say, I belong to Christ. I believe that he died. I believe that his body was put into a grave. And I believe that on the third day, he got up out of the grave. I'm announcing the fact that my Savior died, and I'm announcing the fact that he rose and he's coming again. That's what he says. We're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So it's an, it's an identification of humility for us. See, the first time Jesus came in humility, and as we look forward to him coming again, he'll come in power the next time. Now, there's one last piece tonight before we take this that we have to talk about. Paul added this to it. He said that, that we should examine or do some soul searching before we just kind of carelessly come in and take communion nonchalantly. Here's what he said. Anyone who eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating and drinking uh, the bread, eating the bread and drinking the cup. So if you eat or drink the bread, uh, eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. And then he, he adds this part, last part in there. That's why many of you are weak and sick and some have died. Do you catch the severity of what Paul is saying here? See, the Lord instituted this for us as a moment of pause and reflection. Before we just take this and you know take the bread and the juice and hurry on our, on our way, every time we do this, we're meant to stop and examine ourselves. Paul said that if we don't do that, what happens is we end up sinning against the Lord. We sin against his cross. We sin against the blood. We sin against the pain that he took for you and I. If we don't stop and examine ourselves. And so as we prepare tonight to experience this time together, I wanna examine us to examine ourselves. So this is a phenomenal opportunity, by the way, if you have little ones in the home, to walk through this time with them, to let them experience it. Maybe you have little ones who have made a profession of faith in Jesus. Maybe you have some that they're not there yet. They're getting there and God's working in their lives. Well, here's what I would encourage you to do. Explain to them what's going on tonight. If all of our River kids are out there watching, I want you to know God loves you. And that blood that Jesus shed on the cross, it was for you. When he came as a little baby at Christmas, it was for you. It was for us. It was for his people. So I want to ask you questions as we examine ourselves tonight, because it's so important that we make sure we do this. And the first question I want to ask you is this. Am I truly following Jesus right now? Because you see, communion is only for those who have professed Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their lives. Actually, Paul kind of teaches here that we can drink judgment on ourselves if we don't stop and ask the question, do I truly belong to Jesus Christ? So can I ask you that question tonight? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have surrendered yourself to Jesus? And the question is written in present tense because it's not just about where you were on your journey as a kid 
where you were long ago. My question is, are you following Jesus right now? Can it be said of you that my heart is surrendered to Jesus Christ as Lord? And so if you have never done that, I wanna give you an opportunity tonight to truly take communion for the first time if you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus. And so tonight, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, or maybe you're just unsure and you go, Joe, I really wanna do that. I wanna lead you in a prayer and I want you to pray right where you are in your living room, bedroom, pulled over on the side of the road, wherever you're watching this, will you just pray to the Lord tonight and he'll hear this prayer and accept you and you can take communion for the first time as a true follower, surrender to Jesus. So just pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you tonight. I believe you died for me and I believe you rose again. I'm asking you to forgive me and let your redemption flow over my life. I'm gonna just say this to him. Say, Jesus, my life is yours. Thank you for saving me. Amen. And listen, if you just said that prayer tonight, do you know that heaven is throwing a party? At Riverbend Church, the people of the church are excited for you because in just a moment, you can take communion together with us. Now, there's another question tonight that I have to ask you. It comes with Paul's examining ourselves, and it's this. Am I living in unrepentant sin? And you go, that's kind of a a gloomy question for Christmas Eve, but here's the thing. It's not meant to be condemning. Remember, Jesus came to save. Communion is about remembering salvation, not remembering our condemnation. But it is a time to ask the question, God, is there anything where I am hurting your heart Is there anything of the darkness that's pulling me away? Is there anything that I keep falling back to? Is there any go-to that I replace you with over time and over my weeks? And so it's a bold question, but it reminds us that the cross of Jesus, because we are forgiven, it doesn't give us the license to live anyhow we want. No, we're called to live holy as he is holy. Grace is not a license to sin. Paul said that. Should we continue in sin because his grace is so amazing? No, absolutely not. We're called to be holy. And so this is the question I'm gonna ask you to ponder. Jesus, is my heart truly right with you? Is there, is there sin in my life? Is there something where, where I'm, I'm holding back from asking your forgiveness and truly repenting and turning to you? Repenting just means you turn away from the way you've been walking and you turn back to God. You can know the Lord, but actually be living in disobedience and repentance is is one of those words that works for those that don't know Christ yet and for those that do, to say, God, I wanna turn back to you. And so maybe that's the question and why God has you right now to say, you know there's things you need to surrender over to me. There's a third question here and it gets kind of more personal uh, people among people. Am I holding unforgiveness in my heart against anyone? So are you? Do you know, because here's the thing, when you pray, I'm gonna give you a prayer to pray right now. And if you'll just even say it in your heart, much less out loud, God answers this prayer. The Holy Spirit will bring something to mind. If you say, Lord, am I holding unforgiveness against anyone in my heart? Will you please reveal it? And usually if there is someone, immediately you can see a face or you can see a, a name in your mind. And how blessed tonight that this communion time, this celebration is a time to remember that God, you've forgiven us. You came and Lord, even though my sin debt was one I couldn't pay and my, the list was long, God, I had failed you. Even though I had done that, Lord, you forgave me. And so how dare I not extend forgiveness? 
So when we remember the cross and the blood of Jesus, this examination is about thinking, Lord, do I need to offer forgiveness somewhere? Sometimes it could be recent, but do you know how the Holy Spirit works? Even something from weeks or months or years ago, and God will bring it to mind and say, I wanna deal with that in you, not to condemn you, remember, but to set you free. It's a freedom question. And here's the fourth question and the last one. Am I guilty and in need of seeking someone else's forgiveness for a wrong I've committed? So it's kind of flipping it around. Is there someone and you need to seek their forgiveness? It doesn't mean they're gonna offer it. It doesn't mean you can control what they do. But in your own heart, if the Lord has brought it up, something you've never dealt with before, never truly dealt with before, but you may need to say, you know, I can't even take communion right this moment because I'm gonna have to go make something right. So as we walk through this tonight, we're gonna have a little bit of a time of just reflection right now in prayer. Now, here's what I would encourage you to do. This message is gonna be posted online after this, uh, this live time right now. You may need to literally hit pause or move away from this for longer than the time that we have so that you can make a phone call, so that you can reach out to family, so that you can spend some time before the Lord. We are gonna take just a, just a couple of minutes here for you with your family, with your friends, whoever you're with, just to look around the room and examine yourselves. Let me walk through these questions. Am I truly a follower of Jesus? Maybe you just became a follower of Jesus. And listen, we're celebrating with you. Am I living in unrepentant sin? God, is there anything where I've wronged you and I'm living wrong against you and I need to make it right? Am I holding unforgiveness in my heart against anyone? Do I need to extend grace to someone? Am I guilty and in need of seeking someone else's forgiveness for a wrong I've committed? Listen, all four of these questions are about freedom. Do some soul searching and we're gonna come back in just a moment and we are actually gonna take this communion together. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. Oh, praise the name of the Tonight, as we take this together, I want to remind you of these verses one more time. Here's what Jesus did that night. He took some bread. And so if you will, if you want to go ahead and take that wafer or whatever you have there with you tonight, that piece of bread. And it says that he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so 
all over our city, all over our county, and literally from wherever you're watching tonight, together. Let's take this together. And as we do, here's what we're saying. Jesus, thank you for the body. We remember the justice where you poured out your pain for us. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore. For endless days we will sing your praise, O Lord, O Lord our God. Says this, in the same way he took that cup of wine after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And so as we take this tonight, and as we drink with one voice tonight, we say, Jesus, we remember your blood that was shed for us. What offered us that forgiveness? Lord, what you did for us at the cross, what you poured out, and also the fact that this represents the promise that Jesus no longer counts a sin against anyone who's called on his name. As we take this tonight, let's remember his blood in the new covenant. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore. For endless days we will sing your praise, oh Lord. Oh, Lord, our God, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, our God. So I want to just say one more time, thank you for tuning in. Merry Christmas Eve to you and to your family. May we live in such a way this Christmas that it brings honor to the body and to the blood of Jesus that we live in a daily manner of examining ourselves so that we bring him glory with how we live, that we lead other people by how we live and how we love to truly know him and love him and live new life that he has for them. I pray that over your family this Christmas. May God bless you and give you his peace.